0: Okay, welcome back to the Fruit Theology Podcast. Just want to take a moment and say thank everybody who listens and who supports us. We are on episode 117 right now, and we have people like Raph who has listened to all 116 episodes on Woo-hoo! his. It's, wow. it, it, yeah, it's amazing. Now, I think we had mentioned him a couple episodes ago saying he's listened to more episodes than we have. Yes, especially me, especially Janelle. Oh, right. <laughs> but New Year's resolution, we're going to listen to all of our own podcasts. Is that a thing? Do people listen to their own podcast?
1: I don't know. They should. They're good.
0: Yeah.
1: I know. Isn't that kind of like, you know, the movie stars where they don't watch their own movies kind of deal? Exactly, exactly.
0: Jared Leto has never watched one of his films, even when he won Best Supporting Actor.
1: But Samuel L. Jackson does watch his own movies.
0: Yeah, but he's cool. He is cool. Maybe that's why. (laughs) They're doing a a Shaft reunion. Did you hear about that?
2: No. All right. We need to stop remaking stuff and get some creativity.
0: But uh, So tonight we have Dr. Mark George back from the uh, Iliff School of Theology, professor of Bible and ancient systems of thought. He was on episode 104 and 5. We talked about God being loving and not so loving and all things in between. So if you want to hear more about Mark and his story, and those episodes are a lot of fun, so go back and listen to those. Before we get into tonight's episode, a few things. We have Ailtruist. Coming up in May, May fourth,
1: yep. May the fourth, with be you, with us, you. and also with you. Mm. <laughs>
0: that is on a Saturday. It's an all-day event. We have six prominent theologians from the Mile High City coming from different faith traditions. We'll have beer from Seedstock, and we'll be in the basement of Platt Park Church. So registration is on the website. Just go check out the website, Altruist. Click down there, or you can go to Eventbrite and search under Altruist as well. Also, Janelle and I. And possibly somebody else, we Woo. won't mention his name yet,
2: are going to be in Austin. Yep. March 29th through the 31st. New Story Festival. Cool. It's the first time they're holding it, and we're going to be there. Woo-hoo!
0: Yep. So check out our talk is on a Saturday. I think it's in the middle of the afternoon.
2: 1130? Yeah. I think.
0: And then we'll have the booth. So just really- Yeah, yeah just find us. Just come find, and, just us. find us at the booth, and we'll talk and tell you more about what we do. Of course, if you're listening to the podcast, you already know that. But hey, join the party in Austin. It's a great yeah, city. It'd be awesome. And then in July, we'll be back at the Wild Goose Festival. That is the Wild Goose Festival. It is the only one.
2: It is the only. No, it isn't. There's one in England. Is it That's called Wild Goose? That's where the first one is. Yeah.
0: Oh, no, I feel really dumb. I thought it was like originated in...
2: No, we're the copycats. Hot
0: Springs. Americans are always copycats. Yep. It's our MO. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well. It's fun.
2: We should go. You should go. It's amazing. <laughs> It's hot though, so just know what you're getting into.
0: I think it would be it would be awesome if a bunch of professors
3: from Iloft went one year. <laughs> that would be fun. The nerd factor would definitely go up. <laughs> yeah. The nerd factor. There you there go. But other... people
2: would love you. They would love having <laughs> you guys there because that's just the kind of crowd it is. Yeah, it you, have, be... you have theologians there, practitioners, everybody in between. Yeah, and the UMC church is usually there, so they might, you know, fund it.
3: Yeah. Who knows? <clears throat> who knows?
2: Might have to work the table a little, but
3: yeah. Well, you know.
2: It'll be okay. It's
3: okay. So if you like what we do, please go online,
0: share what we do. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All those handles are available on the uh, Podbeam. uh, So just look it up right here. And iTunes as well. Share it. Review it. Five stars is always good. So tonight we're going to talk about digital Bibles and print. We'll talk about print too. We'll talk about everything else in between. We're going to be asking Mark if it is the end of the word as we know it or is it a whole new word? See, we can sing some songs as we, we go. Can. Here. We can. Yeah. <clears throat> we a little can. Aladdin and a little bit of R.E.M. Um, but yeah, uh how, first off, how did how did you get into this? I mean, this this is a this is a, it's new, it's modern, it's clearly, I mean, around the table right now, we all grew up with print. So, this is um it's 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 a new scholarly realm because it's new in the world that we live in. So, how did you personally get into it?
3: Uh, so uh, like Bible apps in particular or just the whole digital realm?
0: Yeah, what made you think, wow, this would be a fascinating topic to explore and to dive into and, and worth my time
3: as a scholar? So I've been using uh, throughout my whole graduate school career. In fact, I was so proud of the first uh, computer I bought before I went off to graduate school. Uh, I bought a portable computer, which for me meant that the CPU unit I could fit in a suitcase. <laughs> in case i needed to to lug that thing around on a break um and actually bible uh, scholars have been using digital technology all the way back into the 50s 1950s um starting to uh um put the biblical text into some sort of digital format uh, in order to wow. use it. Uh, I can't think of the name of the priest right now who, who started this, but it goes back a ways. And uh, they've been used for research tools in various ways. But more recently, um, I've uh, I've used a couple of different Bible apps on my computers for my research, and they're great because I don't have to lug around my lexica lexicons mm-hmm. Uh, if I have a reading group I do on Thursdays at ILIF and I don't have to lug you know two different lexicos with me and or lexicons with me and then my my print Bible and and uh, you know walk through the halls lugging books around. Um, and I've got a lot of information on those sources which is super good because then I have I can check various English translations as I'm reading the Hebrew, I can check a lexicon. Um, there are other kinds of resources on these things. And I also noticed that, Students in my class, particularly, I teach an introduction to the uh, Hebrew Bible class, and the numbers of students with print Bibles on their desks gradually diminished. Uh, and I would see them on their phones or their laptops, and I wasn't always sure whether they were following along or I was so boring they were watching YouTube videos. They weren't laughing, so probably not, you know, cat videos. Um, so, so, and then I, a friend of mine, Jeff Syker, uh, who teaches at LMU, or has been teaching at LMU in uh, Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles, said he was writing a book about this. Um, and we've had some conversations. My wife and I have had conversations with him about this as he was trying to understand this phenomenon. Uh, and we also had students, doctoral students, who were starting to to get into programming and trying to answer questions around text, so you know, just sort of being at school and teaching, and and I like technology, um, and and it just got me started to think about what's going on with this. And and as we had various conversations, so what does this mean if you don't have a print Bible? Uh, how does that change the way we think about Bible? Where does Bible begin and end? Uh, if you have a print Bible, you have a cover on it, and most people think, oh, okay, this is the Bible. Um, another friend of mine, uh, Tim Beale, who I hope sometime y'all can have come by and chat with you, he's the one who, um, he was writing a book that got titled The Rise and Fall of the Bible about the Bible print industry, and he had wanted to title that book The End of the Word as We Know It. Um, so I, I, that's a shout-out to Tim. Uh, thank you for that phrase. Um, But just, you know, various strands coming together from teaching, from talking with other scholars, uh, just sort of observing my students and realizing, I realized, I don't know, two or three years ago, there was something here to be taught and to think about more formally. um, And that sort of turned it into a class and whatnot. Yeah, so
0: around the table right now, uh, we all grew up uh, relatively around. Kind of the same time, all, all print, we didn't even have. I don't think I had email until my sophomore, junior year in college, and we didn't right. really, nobody used it. The teachers tried to get you to use it, and we were like, Why? Who would use email? Um, <laughs> and it, yeah, even in high school, there was like the one lone computer in the library with the dial up that was before dial up was fast. <laughs>
2: For those of you that don't know what dial-up is,
0: <laughs>
3: that's when you
2: would have to get your, to the internet over the phone line, and it would make this little noise, and then you'd have to wait for it, and it was slow. Yeah.
0: But some of us have transitioned from um, all print to mostly, if not all, digital and then others, I'm not going to speak for everybody here. Me are still, yeah, <laughs> Janelle <laughs> still loves the the tangible, you know, the the real, the real deal book. But I'm kind of curious, like what are what are those benefits, and what do you use today? And then we'll we'll get back into this. Yeah, but,
3: no, no, this is a really but, important question.
0: Yeah, so Christina is here with us tonight.
1: Hi, everyone. Um, so I started off. Um, in a paper Bible. In fact, my first Bible was given to me from my grandparents Um, when they were pastors of the church I was growing up in. And I had to remember all the books of the Bible and then they gave me my Bible. Um, And then it just slowly transitioned to forgetting my Bible and just I'm always having my phone with me and having a smartphone. And then all of a sudden those two oh, I wonder if there's a Bible app. And sure enough, there was 50 million of them. And then I was like, oh, what's the first free one? Because I'm too cheap to buy <laughs> a Bible app. So I bought a Bible app and yeah. I, I've I've gone. I haven't turned back since. So. Yeah. so I had not even... When you were
2: talking, I don't really like reading the Bible on my phone right now. I. It's You get so little and so little screen space, it just irritates me. I need to work on that. But what I did realize is that I used Logos in seminary, and that was a pretty natural, easy transition to move from – print to then using logos and parallel versions. And then I mm-hmm. took a class that was kind of a intro language class. It was for those of us that really struggle with languages. Yeah. And how to see all the parts of of Greek and Hebrew. So we could kind of know tenses and all of those kind of things, even if we couldn't read the language directly. And right. I really loved working with the program that way. So I did really enjoy That interaction when it comes to prepping sermons or prepping materials, like I can print out three versions and then use those to compare and then create something out of that. So that was, I really love that part of it. But I, I honestly, I haven't made the transition to my phone yet.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It takes a while. It's so much easier
0: if you're like an amateur with the languages of Hebrew and Greek too. If you've had taken it in seminary, but you really haven't used it, it's not like you're a Hebrew or Greek professor, right? So if you're just a pastor, I mean, most pastors that I know, like they know enough to be very dangerous. So, but the, but the, if you have it right there on your screen, it's like, oh, you don't have to go look it up. You can like, there it is, right there. I Just yeah. type, in, type in the word. It's right there. Yeah.
2: I just I did run into a new one um, this week at Barnes & Noble called the Filament Edition. It's a new living translation, and the, the box shows the, the text Bible, the piece that you buy, but then it shows a screen and like a search browser, and it shows your phone on there. So you're supposed to buy this Bible and then use it with digital things that oh. they have in their own app.
3: Oh, okay. So I was like,
2: hmm, I might have to check okay. that out now. Yeah,
3: there you go. <laughs> this will be a whole new hobby for all of us.
2: Yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> with fifty million Bible apps, you got to you know just a lifetime. All. That's right. I, I am curious. I mean, at
0: the number fifty million. What what is the real number? Does anybody do you know the number of Bible apps out there, paid and free? Uh,
3: I don't know the number of apps. I it, it's not. I would be surprised if they're. Uh, so let me start. We're going to Google that really quick on the. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, the iTunes, the, you know, Apple Store, and um, Google, I'd be surprised if there were... So we'd have to start to think about what, is, what's actually, what are we looking for in an app, right? If it has Bible in the title, that doesn't necessarily count. Um, uh, but so I had, I had a class on this uh, about a year ago and had students looking around on the internet. And I'd be, honestly, I'd be surprised if there were more than 100 apps or so apps that had multiple translations and things like that. I may be wrong and woefully off, but I just haven't looked recently.
0: I mean, yeah, it is. It's it's easier. I, I think I said this last week at the pub where I, I do miss sitting down with um, a paper Bible and flipping through the pages.
3: What do you miss uh, f- of that? I What is you it that I, you miss?
0: Um, I miss... The
3: sound of the pages turning, the smell of the ink, uh, the feel of the volume... I guess, in a I guess chair. Because,
0: because I'm not. Even though I have I've transitioned over, I'm not fully. My mind isn't fully trained. I'd I'd love to get into the science behind this now. Yeah. You you have to have that shift in your brain. And how long does that take before it becomes a part of who you are? Because I still read you know, um, books, print books to my children, and I'll and I'll have an occasional book that I'll have you know if I'm on an airplane. But typically, I'll pull up my phone and read. So the the book that I'm, <laughs> yeah, the book that I was going to read is like nah, the phone's easier. I guess what I, yeah, I miss um maybe there's a bit of that sacredness of the time mm-hmm. with just that just that book versus having a phone with many distractions, and we'll probably get into that later.
2: well, um, we talked I, a little on when you were here about kind of the the ideas we have about the sacredness of that yeah, book, yeah. and whether or not that's real, yeah. like in any spiritual way, um I think many of us were trained that this is a special book Mm -hmm. and it should be treated special and it carries with it and in it this sacred thing. Mm -hmm. So whether that's real or not, I don't know, but I know that I definitely still like feel that when I'm pulling out a Bible.
0: We had somebody last week and they asked that question with, okay, so your Bible is in there with whether it's ESPN or Amazon, anything under the sun, and it's trapped in this iPhone or this Android. And so then you, of course, this is all eternally archived on Facebook. Mark takes his <laughs> Bible, print Bible, and he throws it on the ground and puts his foot on it. And, you know, and he did And I'm still he's here still, today. He is still it's here. It's amazing. Yeah. And, I, and I do get that point, because it's, it's really about the, the message and what you're doing with it, how you interact with that. But then I think there's another element of that question, not just the book itself. It's uh, if you have just that book outside of the book in your phone, um, you're devoted to just that one thing at that one time. Unless, mm-hmm. unless you get a phone call or, you know, your kids start screaming or things like that. But for the most part, I mean, there's, there, you have an undivided attention with just the
3: print book. That, that's you what. all are, you're just like rock stars for me. Because I sit down with a book and man, my mind just wanders. It doesn't matter what I'm reading. <laughs> I, you know, a uh, uh, a flash. Uh, uh, there's some car goes by, and there's a flash from the sunlight, and it, uh, oh, you know, I'm startled by things. I I guess I just have zero attention.
0: No, I, I'm with you. I, I have ADD
3: as well. It's hard for me, and Janelle knows
0: this. Christina, you do too. But it's I'm more easily distracted if I'm reading my Bible on my phone because I'm getting text messages that pop up suddenly i'm like oh well let's see okay, oh, there's so a let facebook me ask, notification let me ask this
3: question if the yeah. bible is sacred why doesn't the sacrality work on a phone yeah why doesn't right?
2: it block all the other things that's
3: right if it if it can bring you into the cone of silence as it were and you're focused in print but you can't be we should write that app how does that work is it because the light of the sun Reflects off the page back to you, and it's different than the light emanating out of your phone. I mean, okay, so I'm pushing it here, but I mean, yeah. I, I think that's that there is a question. What mm-hmm. why is it that, that we don't have the same ability to focus if it's if we're reading the same translation in the same book, in the same chapter, in the same verses? I, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know the answer. I, I think it's just too early to know. I think it is too. Right. I mean, I think part of it is we haven't yet learned... We, we have hundreds of years of training on print.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And, and print was a, a, a big revolution, right? If you're hand-copying things, you don't have... It, I think inerrancy is a fairly recent doctrine, right? Yeah. Uh, last 100 years or so, 150 years. We're crazy. <laughs> <So> anyway. <laughs> Maybe. But, but it, it comes... When, when we can sit around the table and we all have photocopies... Of, that we printed at home, right? That you printed at home, but they're all the same, and we know that all the words on my copy on the on one page are the same on every one, right? Then you can have a notion of inerrancy. Whereas if you're having hand copies, I think that's it's not that you can't have that notion, but you have to work at it in a much more intentional kind of way, right? Um. So so there there I used a term uh last week at in the um. Thursday night meeting about affordances, right? There, there are things that print does for us. There are opportunities, there are ways, and one of those is to begin to think, oh, right, this is unchanging because we can print multiple pages off of this die set and everybody's literally reading from the same page in a way that we're less sure about yet with digital. We haven't, de- yeah. we haven't, we haven't developed those things and gotten used to them in the same way.
0: Let's let's go back to the benefits, and then we'll get go to the weaknesses, and then we'll go to the brain and all that. But I, we we mentioned a few of these already. What are what are some of the benefits that you have found? And maybe I mean we'll open this up to everybody as well. Having digital, and we we'll, let's try not to be negative yet, because there's a lot of negative things that we've already talked about.
3: Really, we're talking about negative things yet? <laughs> Any rate, <laughs> uh, if somebody else want to go? Because I've had some time to think about this question. <laughs>
2: Well, I I really love the ability to see multiple versions together and in my nerdiness to be able to print them in columns next to each other so that I can line up the verses and see where the differences are and where the different translations are. Um, It helps me see like where there's a discrepancy. So because often you'll have one word that's going to be different over multiple ones. And that's just, and that becomes both a tool academically, but also kind of stylistically when I'm doing prayer events or events that are more reflective, being able to offer people options of what's in front of us, what are the possible meanings in this for reflection. And that that's honestly been one of my favorite parts of digital is I can print out whatever I want to look at and it's right there and that's it. Um, the other one I use a lot is the Vanderbilt lectionary. So
0: you, uh, you, I want to go back to what you you said. You print out what you do when when you find it. Yeah. I I print
2: it out and highlight it and write on it and and then enter it back into a computer when I'm done with it.
0: So this is what's interesting about Janelle. For those that don't know, is like, we'll have a meeting together and I'm the one that's on my phone or on the laptop and you have like the old school paper, paper and pen, but then you put it in to I the do, computer usually, and then you print it out
3: later. Interesting. I love that process though, right? I do
2: too. I feel like it's, I remember more. Mm-hmm. And also exactly. for my creative side, like so nerdy, I get it. Like, but using multiple di- different colored inks and a paper that I like and the feel of it, like all of that helps me tune into what I'm doing so that when I step away from that, um, it's part of the memory.
0: Yeah. Because when you underline in different colors in your Bible app, mm-hmm. um, it, it is, it's like you're just pressing your thumb down. Right. And you're changing the color. It's versus holding that pen with your purple and your, you know, yeah. black and all, all <laughs> He the knows all. my color.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> purple
0: um, usually. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if
3: I went to any of your digital formats, I'm going to see purple thumb Probably underlines. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> the cool thing about these apps is you could get a really nice purple. That yeah you, you could, could that you could underline I'll it. show you what it looks like
0: <laughs> other other benefits
1: well, I like she I'm just jumping off of the different versions because the way I see it is I grew up in a King James version yeah. Bible, and King James isn't used that often anymore, so it's it's i I like the digital versions because I can follow along with whatever version. The pastor, the speaker is using, and then if it starts getting a little too freaky or weird for me, I can go back to like a New King James or a King James version, and be like, "Oh, okay, this is how I know how to process stuff." So I kind of like the way I can flip between versions. So if
0: that pastor has the message out, you're like, "No, no, I need the King Uh -uh." James. (laughs) (laughs) Don't mess with me, Eugene Peterson.
1: Just old guy trying to be cool." You know, just. Sometimes those these and those you don't want to deal with them, and so then I'll bust out the New King James, and but still, it's kind of I have to go back to my roots to to try to process stuff. And then
2: if I want to know what the, the right translation is, I go to the NRSV. You know what's funny about that is
0: that my whole life I've been used to reading the NIV, mm-hmm. um, even though I know it's uh, well iffy. Yeah, I mean it's but it, no, it's it, it, not it, it, it reads well. Ify. You know, yeah, but I'm, well. but it's kind of like you were talking about with with the King James and the New King James. Like it's it's nice to have. We've all been reading this for ten, twenty, thirty plus years together as yeah. a family, as a community. Mm. Yeah, having the different translations, obviously, you know, it's good. The click of a button, like.
2: And um, I think if I was doing sermons every week, like the ability and logos to see the Greek and Hebrew yeah. and, and kind of be, be informed. Yeah. Um, I think that that would also be something I would really cherish.
0: Share yeah. things online. If you need to share it, copy yep. paste it to your notes on your phone too.
3: Yeah. I'm, I'm curious about that. You know, what other kinds of features besides having multiple translations and I assume primarily English translations at your fingertips, um, You know, are there dictionaries, other things in the apps that that you would make use of?
2: Yeah, I used the dictionaries a lot. And certain commentaries, um, usually ones recommended by my professors, so that you're bouncing in between things that you know are solid sources. And just being able to use all of that to inform your understanding of what you're reading. Yeah, Um, And I think one of, the, I mean, we're going to talk about negatives in a minute, but one of the things that concerns me, I was using that as a student trying to understand more fully what the context is. Mm-hmm. I think one of the downsides of everything being available on your phone is you can find all sorts of horrible theology to inform what you're reading, and there's for many people they don't they don't know any different. So yeah, we're
0: going right.
3: on to the negative right now. Sorry. Good transition. You don't have well, to. <laughs> Let me say that, uh, you know, for me, um, as somebody who wants to check the original languages, um, the the fact that I don't have to cart around a bunch of books, right? Absolutely. I don't have to have an English translation and a Hebrew translation. Uh, and I've reached an age where the smaller Hebrew Bible that I like to use, I can't read anymore. So, you know, it's that's gotten to be a bigger <laughs> book. Um, I have a lexicon there if I want to check a range of meanings. I I can do a a search on a Hebrew term or I can, um, you know, there's just a variety of things that I can get to. Now, truth be told, in the app that I use... um, What is that app? So the one I use the most is called Accordance uh, from an outfit out in Florida. And they have tons and tons and tons of stuff that can be... uh, Plugged into this app. So I have it on my phone, I have it on a tablet, I have it on my laptop, I have it on a desktop. I mean, I really have it everywhere. But I have gone through and deleted almost everything off of there because I don't, it, it just gets in the way. Um, so I don't install everything. Uh, and things that come that, that I, I can't figure out how not to pre install, I go through and delete. Sorry, folks uh, that make this app, Accordance, um, because it's not relevant to what I, I need to do. Right. Um, and I, I, But I'm aware as I'm deleting things that the, it's sort of like having um, Microsoft Word in Microsoft Office, right? You get all of this stuff that comes with the package, and it's a really powerful package, and it covers a lot of stuff, and I think that's useful for people. Daily Bread and and Matthew Henry sermons and a biblical timeline and maps and, you yep. know, and, 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 right? There's, it's, it's a huge amount of uh, stuff. And I think I said the other night that the total package, if you bought the whole thing is like 30, it's, it's at least like Mm $3,700. So can you, can you buy it in
0: pieces? So you can buy it
3: in pieces, um, which is what I've done. And I have a lot invested in it now because I have some pretty technical, we just bought, you know, the Dead Sea Scroll manuscript stuff in it, which is kind of cool to have. That's Um, awesome. But. um, That's amazing. So the Dead Sea Scrolls in an app. Yeah, mm-hmm. it that's, is. A, that's a mind
0: blowing thing if you just go back not even that long ago. Yeah. That's, wow.
3: Well, and even some of the scholarly uh, dictionaries and whatnot, these are multi-volume. I think I have three or four Hebrew lexicons, and some of these are six, seven, eight volumes, all on my phone. Yeah, which is Amazing. great, right? You can see me. You can imagine me walking down the street. Well, I'm going to go over and have a cup of coffee. I'm going to read my Hebrew Bible, but I'm going to take a lexicon with me. Let's see, that's six volumes, and then I got my Bible, and then I probably should throw in a you know English translation need as a well. Backpack. Just to say, yeah, I need a car, <laughs> <laughs> I need a trunk, a rolling luggage. <laughs> that's right. So, so some of those things really, to me, they really are advantages of having the digital. Um, I still use a print. Masoretic text, uh, what we call a BHS, a Biblia Hebraica, a Stuttgartensia, which is the standard critical edition for scholars um, in reading the Old Testament. But I don't use it as much, nearly as much as I used to. So at least even for me, there there are lots of advantages to having the digital. All right. Roadblocks, concerns, weaknesses, faults, the death, the death of the word. End of the word (laughs) as we know it. (laughs) And I feel fine. I have to say, <laughs> soundtrack, cute dance, right now. Yep.
0: And I, we've already, you know, we've already mentioned a couple, at least for some yeah. of us. Mark, Mark is distracted, regardless, evidently. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't take much.
1: <laughs> so we kind of hinted on this. Um, there, people can get a little too orthodoxy with because it's a, it's a. It's the Holy Scriptures. So does that mean that I have to have another dedicated device to have just my Holy Scripture on?
3: Very good question.
1: Um, another, Another question is we all Google. So if you Google your verse, does that mean that you have to delete that cookie or that browser record because it is a Holy Scripture?
2: Ooh. Yeah, I think most people don't mess with that.
3: Well, here's another here's another question. If you've downloaded a Bible app and you uh-huh. have it local yeah. on your device, so you don't have to constantly be on the internet for it, but you have to reset your phone, are you erasing are are you throwing away the Bible? It's in the cloud no the cloud saves it. That's the whole the um what do you call it? Uh,
2: well, but not if you delete the app and you get rid of your ID and everything from it. You could throw it's, it's it some, out.
0: It's somewhere. It's always somewhere.
3: Yeah. So somebody can so find if, it. So if if I had brought a print Bible and I set a match to it right now, am I am I desecrating the sacred? So I mean you all I'd be need, setting off the alarms in the house, but, but other than that You
2: all I'm need thinking. to know that when he asked this on Thursday, the room got really this really weird feel to it. Very as uncomfortable. He, as he went through the ways that you could get rid of a Bible and we're all like, Oh no, you can't
1: Whoa. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know uh,
2: So like there's ma- there's <laughs> resistance in us to like yeah. discard the Bible
0: there are rules in other religions, but within Christianity that's where it's there, there are no rules. And you had mentioned that.
3: Right. Right. So if we were so, Jewish. I, it mean, be I, easy. Think, I think that I think that certain denominations probably do have uh at least suggestions about it. But the uh Protestant tr- traditions and and I'm Presbyterian at least officially, right? So um I there I don't I cannot think of any explicit um, instructions on how to dispose of Bibles properly. And there are explicit instructions from early in history with Jewish Bibles.
2: Right. I mean, we could adapt that just because
3: it's in there, right? So <laughs> yeah, we, we need to become bury Jewish. Them.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, so I find, I, I think that piece is interesting, right? And I think the digital... I I wonder how many people when they if they're going to delete their Bible app, they, Pause. they they yeah how many of us stop to think about it or or you're not thinking about it, you know you go into the phone store and they say well you need to do a we're going to just wipe the drive and we're going to reinstall everything, okay has that wiped, do we stop and say oh my God you can't do that I actually have to pull the hard drive out and go bury it, we're going to have to put a new hard drive in because I have holy scripture on there. I guess as most of us don't. Christians don't think about it. It's just, oh okay, cool. Because it's somewhere. So it's not So if it's somewhere else, then what is it that's on your phone? Is it Bible? If it's not, if it's re- if the real it's essence the of: If the real essence <laughs> of the Bible is somewhere else?: Ooh. So these are I yep. think these just get to. To be yeah, the downsides, w-
0: right? Which is why I think it's it's about you know what you always what you do with any text how how it uh, speaks to you how you speak to it how it wrestles with you and you wrestle with it and this is why I feel like there is that time away maybe if you just had like I said just had a phone that was made only for the Bible because the fact that you have e s p n and Facebook and Instagram, and, and you had mentioned porn there's all kinds of things on your phone i'm not I'm not speaking to anybody in the room right now, but it's just it it could be any it, you know how many
2: apps do we have on our phone
0: it's okay just, that's
2: interesting what you just said though, and you mentioned this in the in the um curriculum like if you also download porn and then delete it, it was there and then it's gone, but it's somewhere like so that just blends the sacred and the profane all together right there. We do
3: this yeah, all the time. Yeah, we know there's no sex in the Bible. Yeah, none.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but so what's funny about this. so I mean, this, let's just go back to like uh, tangible print stuff again. I mean, certain uh, traditions have uh, a hand-washing ritual yeah. when they have done unclean things or whatever that may be. And we even talked about this a, couple, uh, a few weeks ago with Pam, you know, yeah. and um, women and uh, the seasons that they go through and men when things happen to them. And so can you touch the text after you have sex. Well, you know, people touch the phone and in the
2: bathroom. Yeah.
0: They're, they're on the toilet literally reading their
2: Bibles. Yes.
3: If Um, you, (laughs) can you read the Bible and eat a ham sandwich, ham and cheese sandwich at the same time? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay.
2: So this is going to be great. Like if you're listening to this, go on Twitter, tell us what you think about this, because this is kind of funny.
3: (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so here's some other things to think about right so so the phone is bounded in certain ways right and you have a screen and the screen's pretty small uh, it's not bounded in the same way as a print book which has covers which has intro pages um, if you if you are familiar with print books that are published in French the index is in the back uh, not or the table of contents is in the back not in the front uh, so print can can do some different kinds of things um, but a book, uh, seems like part of what we're describing right is the book seems to have a a, a print book has a certain discreetness to it right a, mm-hmm. a, and it's contained in a certain kind of way there's an order to it uh Genesis starts the Christian Bible uh, revelation ends it if you're going to find your way through it you it helps to know the, the books in the Bible, yeah. not only to get a Bible uh, when you're young. I had something like that at a young age. Or if you get confirmed, right, in a in a particular tradition, you might receive a Bible. You might have a family Bible, and it has birth dates and death dates and marriage dates and sometimes divorce dates and other kinds of important family events in it. Um, so the, the Bible became... Uh, and still is for a lot of people, this record of, it, 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 part of its sacredness, right, is that it contains so many interesting memories, right, and it tells family stories as well. They're bound up with the Bible. It's an interesting question if in a thousand years uh, an archaeologist came across one of those Bibles, are these people that are writing themselves into the genealogies in the Bible, right, what does that mean? Uh, is this, are these extra biblical, are these apocryphal stories Mm -hmm. as well? Um, so, so, you know, we, we know those conventions or we think we know those conventions, but, but they're open questions. Uh, if they, if, you know, my house got, I don't know, a meteor hit the earth and, and my house was wiped out and covered in ash and somebody someday dug it up and they found all of these Bibles, which I happen to have along with a whole bunch of philosophy books, I think they'd be like, don't know what to make of this, right? Yeah. Uh, clearly worship the book more than what was in the book. Um, so so there's some things that are, that are, some of the concerns about digital Bibles are things like, well, what happens when people don't know the order of the books? Or what happens if you're, like my uh, Bible now, right, the online one, because I have now the Apostolic Fathers, I have... Uh, because I'm married to a New Testament uh, uh, scholar. I have things from the early church, I have these Dead Sea Scrolls, I have some uh, Targums, uh, uh, um, Hebrew texts, Aramaic texts really, uh, uh, that are Jewish interpretations of them. Where does Bible begin and end when I have these other texts? Or which one is the Bible? Um, so I think other, qu- and, and if I was sitting, when I was in graduate school, the, I, I spent a lot of time in the in the school library on these huge tables, which I loved because I could grab all my volumes yep. and lay all them all them. out. Right, mm-hmm. sort of like I had my own little wall, as it were, um, because you know you're laying them all out, and it was a great library because they had all these volumes. Right, it was a huge collection. I thought that was I was like a kid in a candy store, super nerd moment. Um, <laughs> okay, we're there with you. Okay, it's all right. Um, so so that is different than now I have I have a lot of that library on my little iPhone on something smaller than a deck of cards yeah like yeah and so so I think there's some other questions in terms of use and and we have to think about use in different kinds of contexts right when I'm in an academic context not such a big uh, issue but if I step into a worship service Is it important as a member of a particular tradition, a faith tradition, and a particular instance of that in Denver, that I know the order of the books because I grew up in a print culture? And how does that signal to my community? I'm an insider because I know... uh, That Psalms
1: is not next to John.
3: That Psalms is not next to John or it doesn't follow Revelation.
1: Or there's no Hezekiah chapter... That's right. Whatever. Mm
3: -hmm. That's exactly right. Um, so that I know the lingo, right? The, the ways that we get formed as people within faith traditions, all of the, that, that's a way in which we form people as Christians or as Jews, right? So, do you think
0: we lose the, the broader context in the digital format versus the print? Because if we all grew up in, um, we also grew up in very conservative, Bible believing mm-hmm. households here. When I say Bible believing, you know what I'm talking about out there. Yep. And so, we, we know the books of the Bible by heart. We have songs to it. We can sword drill like none other. Christina is a badass Christina when it comes to, is to sword drilling. <laughs> and, but what's nice about that, like you, you actually know that Isaiah is a hefty prophet. You know that when you get to other prophets, the minor and the major, you know yeah. by feel when you, when you thumb through them. In the digital format, you don't. You
2: can't. I mean, there could be people that don't even know how much bigger the Old Testament is
3: than the New Testament. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's and weird. How how would you know the difference between Romans and Second Kings that they're in different testaments? You right? wouldn't necessarily. Right, you wouldn't necessarily because what you do is you
2: search. We're going to have the Bible of Trump that's all people are going to know like
3: Whatever I can remember and whatever serves my purpose uh, you know this is that's... where i'm not so I'm not mm. quite so pessimistic okay good in the long run I'm really Glad not quite so that. pessimistic <laughs> but I think the ways in which in which uh religious so so the traditions of the book and i think i'll think particularly of christianity um, I have to think some about Judaism that's what the pause is but um it, you know in christianity the, the, the what we're talking about really isn't the Bible. None of this affects the content of the Bible. The books are still there. The content is still there. It's the, it's the medium within which we engage it. So, so partly what we're struggling with um, is that by shifting from a print medium to a digital medium, we're losing certain things that we've come to associate with Bible, right? Bible really, uh, Tim Beale makes this comment, uh, argument in, in his book, um, that what we've come to do is, is make the Bible into an icon, right? Yeah. It represents, yeah. uh, probably all of us know the experience of walking around in public with, a, a leather or faux leather covered Bible with gilded edges and, you know, the onion skin pages. And man, that is an icon, right? Because it signals, it does a lot of work for us as a print thing. If I walk into church and I'm just holding my phone, why? and I have, let's even say I'm reading my Bible app, does it do the same thing?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So uh, presidents at some point will be sworn in on a Bible
0: app, digital iPhone. It'll be awesome.
3: Yeah, it'll probably I, just be a chip in somebody, yeah. the palm of somebody's hand.
0: I've got... That, oh, okay. There we go. Well, so, I, <laughs> But this this reminds me, I have a buddy who's a pastor. He's an online pastor, and he has been for many years, ever since I, I, I met what him. What does that mean? An online pastor? oh man, well, that's another conversation for another day. And so he and I work together. He works for another church now, actually the second largest church in the country as their online pastor. So he's,
3: he's on another app now?
0: He is on another, <laughs> yes. But the, so the, churches that, the church that I met at that we worked in together that he works in now, very uh, everything is social media, digital, online, um, which is, it's, it's a whole new world if you're not used to that. So when he does weddings, uh, you know what um, he uses for his Bible? An iPad, yeah, yeah,
2: but and I think
0: I think for some people that would that would bother them. Oh, I think for a lot of people that would <laughs> yeah. bother them. But if you create a culture like the one that he's involved in, it's like yeah, it's their culture. It's what they do. It's the Bible. No big deal.
3: So I yeah. So imagine in in on January <laughs> twenty like twenty one, <laughs> uh, whoever's the next president says, I don't want the Lincoln Bible or the Washington Bible. I want the new revised standard version or the King James version or what pick your version on an iPad, please. We will have a constitutional crisis.
2: Oh
0: yeah. Which
3: is hilarious in our country that we would. So, so have him on the show. He's a great conversationalist and, and, and and it's good stuff. Um, But, but I think, you know, there, there are other ways that we don't necessarily think about it the, 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 not having the pages to turn, right? I talked last mm-hmm. week about how there's a certain physicality of reading a print Bible that um, this, this haptic sensibility, right, of oh, I know it's on like page 172. I, I have this happen to me frequently, um, the old Larry Norman joke, if you know Larry Norman, right? I had a photographic memory, but I ran out of film at age four. Um <laughs> so all I'm left with is are sort of ghostly images of pages, uh, where I'll have a sense of hey, it's on it's like on this page and this chapter and it's in the top quarter of this. I don't Next to so
1: this picture that's next to this the- picture,
3: that's right, or this graph or um yeah, there's something about it, right? I haven't developed that same sensibility. Scrolling, right? I don't turn right. pages anymore. I scroll. Or I do turn pages, right? Depending on how it's set up, but I don't. I scroll now. We're back I sw- to that.
1: Mine is swipe, so I swipe left or right to go to either previous chapter or the next chapter. Right.
0: These apps have to, you know, be relevant, just like uh, Tinder and all these other apps.
2: What'll be really interesting is if we get into a place like Ready Player One, which maybe there are already games and spaces like that, but where you could be reading the Bible in a virtual world.
3: I'm sure. And you
2: could be reading a text that you're flipping and holding while you're in a
3: virtual world. And my, and, and you know, for me, my reaction is, why in a virtual reality would you bother reading a text?
2: Well, I don't know, but I think people would. No, I would. think they do.
3: I think they do, and I get that. But we got to do a whole thing on transhumanism at some point. Someone's got to write the content. If you know anybody, let me know. I right. do. Uh, I know just who you want to have uh, my colleague, Ted Vaughn, you want to have him come talk about theological anthropology, because we are talking about this at ILIF right now oh, cool. in our experimental humanities lab. It's sort of the post-human, and, and what, ha- how, uh, as we enter a world where artificial intelligence, AI, is more and more present, what does it mean to be human? with AI and how does technology work, and we're reading some really interesting stuff.